Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before we get into today's show, I wanted to take a moment to recognize some drastic shifts that took place this morning in the Vancouver sports media market. If you don't already know, Shortly after 9 a.m., TSN 1040 went off the air. TSN 1040 and its predecessor, Team 1040, have been an integral part of the Vancouver sports media landscape. They were truly the epitome of sports radio. And the fact that despite losing the Canucks broadcast rights, they still had superior numbers to the newer entrant in Sportsnet 650 was a testament to how talented the people that worked there were. They had some of the best conversations. They had some of the best guests. They had some of the best radio that I can remember. We talk about some of these events on our show. And quite frankly, I'm at a loss for words about what we saw take place today. TSN 1040 went off the air, followed subsequently by a radio message that was in a robotic voice that said, CKST is no more. And then that message was followed by good riddance from Green Day. If there wasn't a better way to project corporate idiocy, I'm at a loss to what it would be. I am so upset. And I I see a lot of people on, on social media and the reaction saying, cancel bell and I'm not watching CTV Vancouver and, and what have you. And you know what? The power to you. But keep in mind that the impact that we have as consumers is based on the media that we consume. So that means our actions could potentially impact those good people who continue to work for CTV Vancouver or some of the other bell radio properties here in the lower mainland. I don't know what the solution is because I would never want for anyone else to lose their job, but I I challenge you to look for other ways to ensure your voice is heard. Bell Let's Talk, a campaign that raises uh, attention to, to the struggles of mental health as a campaign is one that is difficult for me to say don't support, but I encourage you to support Let's 
talk. Mental health is health. It is a 24-7 issue. It is not one day of the year. I encourage you to talk about this all the time. Remove the corporate hashtag. Bell should receive absolutely no recognition. After everything that they have done over the past few days, there is no business decision that respects people when it occurs the way it occurred today. So please find ways to take back what they are trying to expropriate from us as consumers and provide that power directly to yourself. Today's show and the one that we recorded with Natalie and, and Chloe from Permanent Rain Press um, is, is a happier one, kind of, but we did not know anything that occurred today would happen. And as a result, we obviously don't talk about that. Anna and I will have another episode next week. It is a holiday, but we have already talked about it. We will be talking about the Vancouver Canucks and we will be talking in greater detail about our feelings as to what happened with TSN 1040 earlier today. So thank you. I hope you enjoy our, our, our guests and, and remember there were good people that found out today that they are no longer employed. And if you happen to have a connection to them, please reach out and offer whatever support you can. It is the least that we can do. Six point five percent was it? Is is that what the current odds are of the Stanley Cup? Well, and you, if you look at the round by round progression, the Stanley Cup favorite is uh -huh. the Vancouver Canucks. Like what a time to be alive! I Talking you through every goalie controversy, scoring slump, and draft lottery bust. This is the C Four Podcast on CanucksHockeyBlog.com. Here they are, the best starting lineup we could afford under the salary cap. Chris, Matt, Anna, and Adam. Welcome to another episode of the C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast, brought to you by CanucksHockeyBlog.com and the Full Press Coverage Network. I am Chris at LifeForce, joined virtually as always by Anna Forsythe at A4Site03. As you were in the last show, on early retirement, Matt Lee at Matt Lee underscore 61. We're getting hurt by his cap recapture penalty because the guy retired midway through his deal. I don't know who that is. Continuing to remain unfit to uh, podcast and somewhere on the IR is Adam Omenelkara at Adam FOC. But Anna and I being in charge of the show decided to bring in some heavy hitters. Yeah. That's right. We have... Chloe and Natalie Hoy, who you might know as the writers behind the Permanent Rain Press at the PR Press on Twitter. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about hockey. So thank you, Chloe and Natalie, for joining us. Thanks for having us. We're happy to be here. Um, big shoes to fill, obviously, just for this one episode, but we're excited. <laughs> if, you've, if you've seen Matt's feet, trust me, those shoes ain't big. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, don't worry about that. Like, you're here, so you're winning. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're here to talk a little bit about to, the hockey in general, Vancouver Canucks, uh, uh, the Permanent Rain Press. Uh, for those that don't know, um, the the two of you had uh, put together an article talking a little bit about uh, Canucks podcasts in general. And that's, that's, I'll be honest, sort of how you came on, on my radar. Um, and you had listed off a number of, of podcasts. Now, 
if we think about the Canucks podcast ecosystem, I think the current number is about 1,332 at last check as to podcasts that identify that as one Canucks right. podcasts, right? That's, <laughs> I mean, there's, there are a lot, um, but, and obviously it would be difficult to go and catalog them all. And, uh, we happen to make the list. I actually don't know how, let's be honest. I mean, C4, while we are the longest running, our tagline is also best mediocre. I mean. Yeah. What was it about us that (laughs) made us make the list? Yeah. I think when I was uh, looking for podcasts for that list, um, as I kind of mentioned in a long spanning uh, Twitter post that we had um, after a bit of a, a, inconvenient situation but Mm -hmm. uh, we looked on Twitter obviously under Canucks podcast I think you guys probably showed up pretty quickly because you actually do identify as a Canucks podcast the others were kind of uh, word of mouth doing a bit more of a deep dive on Twitter but uh, obviously really happy to to find you we've been listening in here and there periodically um, a lot more since the season has restarted but um, we were really happy that you know you guys took notice you obviously shared with retweet had a lot of love for us so we thank you for that you're welcome i mean the uh we'll talk more about it as we we dive into the show but uh you still haven't explained you know how the best mediocre podcast i think we're actually even number one on your list now granted you maybe it's the fact that we showed up first ish in your in your in your research um and i i actually have to give credit to to jj guerrero who is the guy behind canucks hockey blog uh he on the early days of twitter grabbed at canucks hockey and to this day he'll actually tell anyone who asks one of the reasons why the follower for at canucks hockey is so high is that there are probably a ton of people out there that think it's actually the canucks twitter account (laughs) i think that's smart yeah, that's not a be bad option. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also the fact that we have a number in our in our name can't do us any harm. Puts us up the top of some alphabetical list, I'm sure. Sure, but it does create confusion because there is another C4 podcast out there. If you Google C4 podcast, um, it is a a podcast on faith. And as I have occasionally told people. Um, if you're looking for a podcast in faith, the church that we go to is the Church of Pedersen. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the Vancouver Canucks, though. We'll talk about hockey. The Vancouver Canucks have had a rough spell. Obviously, if you were looking for positivity, this might not be the episode to listen to as it pertains to the team. But we're going to get positive when we talk to both Chloe and Natalie. Uh, what are the solutions that uh, might be presented to us as fixing it if we were all to throw on our Jim Benning GM hats or potentially maybe not the Jim Benning version? Uh, but uh, that's all coming up here in the show. We'll take ourselves a quick break before we rewind. You're listening to the C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast on CanucksHockeyBlog.com on the Full Press Coverage Network. <laughs> Before we actually talk about this sort of week that was with the Vancouver Canucks, let's learn a little bit more about the two of you. As we sort of introduced at the top of the the show here, um, we sort of connected with each other after he had written the article as to uh, Canucks podcasts. Um, I should note that over the years, there's been a number of of articles written that have either mentioned C4, Canucks hockey, myself personally, like there was one article during one of the lockouts. Um, I think it was Harrison Mooney when he used to be with Pass It to Bulis before he became right. a writer with the province uh, Sun. He did like the the hundred top follows 
in Canucks Twitter or something like that. hundred? That's a lot. <laughs> well, you'd think it's a lot, but considering sort of the unsettled ocean that you waded into when you talked about Canucks podcast, suffice to say a hundred wasn't sufficient. I was ranked myself at like, I want to say in the twenties or thirties and Harrison wrote that, yeah, Chris is, you know, he's a fun, fun loving guy. He, you know, pokes fun at himself. The Vancouver Canucks follow him. That must've been a mistake, right? Like that. Cause I had the claim to wow. fame that the Canucks actually followed me back then. Uh, they don't follow me anymore, but that's okay. Francesco follows me <laughs> on Twitter. So I got like, yeah, much good. That's done us. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, no, I, you know, I'm going to ask, you know, sort of the, the, the question just is, is when it came to the article, like what gave you the idea that, uh, Canucks podcasts were, were something that you wanted to, to touch on? Yeah. Uh, so we actually started blogging after games. We probably blogged one or two games a week, like the post game kind of thing, mm -hmm. Natalie and I. Um, so she had our column. We named it Everybody Loves Finn. Uh, it takes a lot of effort to be blogging, mm -hmm. you know, continuously writing notes through every game. I'm sure you both uh, understand that. But uh, we decided instead to do one on podcast just because the playoffs were, I think, just kicking off. And we were thinking, you know, maybe – we had seen the list that I think Canucks Army had put out maybe a year ago or so, and we thought mm -hmm. maybe it needs a bit of a refresh, and we wanted to give it our own kind of personal style, uh, maybe write a bit more details on uh, what each podcast talks about, the guests they kind of have on, the longevity just for the purposes of – we always think that that's, you know, a great – admiration to to be going on for so long but even the new ones you know a breath of fresh air just giving a bit of light to newer podcasts as well so that's where the idea came from we hope it got some traction um like we said before hopefully introduce some people to new voices as well as some that have been along for um around for a bit longer but we were really happy with it um so hopefully hopefully you guys were too and other other potential listeners well, I, I had already mentioned it earlier. I mean, I was tickled that we got we got referenced. Like, I won't lie. I mean, if there's something that that I've learned, just podcasting in general, us podcasters were thirsty, and I mean that in sense oh, that God. we all. Well, no, not in the <laughs> negative like, connotation. No, <laughs> no not, Chris, you are too old to say thirsty. Okay. What? Okay, what? What should I have said in 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 place I, of I don't that, know. Maybe keep going because I don't know what you mean. But <laughs> well, no, <laughs> we we. We like the recognition. We like mm -hmm. we like being told how good we are and and whatnot. Is that is did I use the the yeah. inference incorrectly? <laughs> well, it wasn't incorrect. It just gave me the creeps. Um, <laughs> no, I'm sorry we for giving like, the creeps. We really appreciated it. I thought it was a great list. Like a lot of Canucks Twitter, Canucks podcasts. It's a pretty small world, and you know, we've had like the hosts of. Um, a Canucks conversation. We've had the hosts like of broadcast on our podcast. So, like, I for me, I see it as quite a friendly, small world. We all have different audiences. We all provide different things. Mm -hmm. That's how I see it. So, and I thought your list was good because it encapsulated all kind of areas of that. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to know a bit more about like your history as Canucks fans and like 
what made you go into the blogging thing? Because I I used to blog Canucks games and I decided tweeting sassy things was a lot easier too. But yeah, like growing up and stuff, um, what was your Canucks fandom like? Well, um, for people who don't know, um, Chloe and I, are we are twins. So we grew up together in the same house. I actually live in Kelowna right now. Um, but I think... I don't know when did we really get into hockey I would say around I would say around when they were you know 2010 2011 yeah it was right after the Olympics were here when I realized Mm -hmm. that there were so many great hockey players in town um so it was the season directly after that which was also the season um Jeff Skinner won uh Calder uh also, side note, I follow the Carolina Hurricanes. But in terms of the Canucks fandom, that was the year it kind of took off. We started watching a lot more games after school. Um, we were still in high school at that time. And it just kind of snowballed from from there. Um, our family watches hockey. We usually try to tune in uh, 7 o'clock. Whenever there's a Canucks game on, um, it will be on on our TV in our living room. And, you know, we had some really great years. There's obviously the Stanley Cup finals. Um, There will forever be a memory that haunts uh, (laughs) a lot of the fandom, uh, that one. But but other than that, you know, we just love watching the team grow, all the young stars coming up. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot of pain involved in being so attached to a team. Mm -hmm. But but we love it. Like you guys, you know, you're still Canucks fans after all this time. So that's what... We like to hold on yeah. to as well. And I think in terms of the writing side of it, like we've always been interested in writing and that's sort of how we started our blog. Um, it's how old is it now? I think it's almost nine years old. Um, okay. So it's been around almost uh, as long if yeah, not the so, same amount of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm, so it started, it's more geared towards the music and pop culture side um, is how it started out and only Within the past couple of years, we wanted to try doing a little bit more writing about hockey because that was something else that we were also really passionate about. So mm-hmm. we tried to bring that in by doing a few game recaps. It's on a bit of a hiatus now because it is very tricky to do and takes a lot of time, you know, outside of your actual like day jobs and work schedules and mm-hmm. things like that, catching full games and, you know, being able to put enough you know, effort into it and Mm -hmm. things like that. But so that started last year, I think, when we started writing about hockey. And that was after Botchford Project. Yeah, Natalie was a Botchford Project recipient. Project, I guess, last December. Mm -hmm. um, And actually got to do some freelance work with Pass It to Buas, which was kind of cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to talk about your Botchford night? We'd be really interested to hear about that. Yeah, sure. Uh, and so I think it was de- it was December that I got to do it, and I was actually already living in Cologne. But fortunately, it worked out that they were like, oh, they gave me a couple different game options that I could go to, and I um, was planning to be back in Vancouver um, for the holidays. So um, I got to do that. It, all the I met um, Jeff Patterson and Thomas Drance, and everyone was really nice, and I think really, you know, they wanted to see you succeed when you were there and, you know, wanted to give you advice if you had any questions. Um, yeah, it was, 
it was a really neat experience. And I think I felt a little intimidated for sure um, being there. And, you know, you always get that whole like, oh, like, am I supposed to be here? And it was, yeah, but everyone was really nice. And um, I think how I like to write kind of leans towards more of the lighthearted kind of, you know, off the ice kind of stories um, of the players. And something like that is especially now more difficult, I think, to get out of, you know, the Zoom interviews. Totally. The pressers that players are doing now. Um, But hopefully, you know, when COVID gets a little, you know, the vaccines are around and, um, interviewers and press are able to get a bit more of that access again um but yeah it was really neat and um, i'm really fortunate to have had the experience and it opened up some opportunities for me doing some freelance work as well so um yeah i mean it's it's awesome that first of all congratulations on 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 being part of the botchford project um, but it's awesome that an opportunity like the Bos- <clears throat> Botchford Project existed. And I, I think back to, again, I, I'm older than dirt. We just already realized this when I tried to drop a a term I'm not allowed to use come too old. But I remember the early days of Connect Social. And I tell the story from time to time. Jason Botchford actually blocked a lot of people on Twitter. Like if you were involved in Connect Social or you were a blogger, you got blocked. But sort of to where we are in in more recent times... Um, and, and prior to his his untimely passing, he was the one who truly embraced this sort of new media. He understood that, um, you know, whether it be blogging, podcasting, or this sort of new stream experience was one that uh, would require sort of the old school journalist to adapt to. And I mean, I often would tell people how in, in the few conversations that I got to have with him, how he would be always willing to help lend a helping hand. Like he joined us uh, for an episode of the show and it took a long time to try to coordinate and make happen because back then our podcast only essentially existed during the season. We took the summer off, but that was when Jason was most available. So, you know, while it took a while to, to happen, you know, he was the one who wanted it to occur. And I remember that episode, how he was making promises about how he was getting tattoos and like, he gave us some of the greatest content we had had on our show. And, you know, it wasn't that he did that out of an act or anything. That was just him. He wanted us to succeed. And, and I feel that the legacy that he has in, in, instilled in, in the organization in the Botchford project, which I can't say I've heard too much of, obviously the pandemic throwing a wrench into things, but I hope it continues. Um, but it also helped, I think, open the eyes of others. Jay Pat and Drance maybe are in the newer world. Like I, Drance was a blogger. I mean, I remember back in the day when he ran Canucks Army. And then this is a guy who at one point was senior leadership for an NHL team before obviously coming back to to take over uh, at the Athletic Vancouver. Um, uh, Jay Pat has seen an evolution in his career. Right, but, I, but he's I, adapted I, to it. I think yeah. Jay Pat's a great example of adapting well, the, to the modern world of sports journalism. The person I was actually going to reference was Tony Gallagher. Now, Tony is old school. This is a guy who he's been yeah, super around awesome. for a long time. Like I, I have a personal connection to Tony in so much that he, I played um, soccer and went to school with his son, Ryan, growing up when I lived in Vancouver. Um, and quick aside, I happened to find myself in a Canucks locker room after a game years ago, a post-game 
Um, I got a Peter Zezel stick. I was so excited. And Tony sees me, recognizes me. I haven't seen him for years. Hey, Mr. Golden, what brings you down here? And so the moment that there's someone from the press talking to these two kids, my friend Brent and I are down there, suddenly players are coming over, paying attention to us like we were something special. Uh-huh. That is so cool. But Tony is a good example of someone who I think um, equally started to evolve. Like I have heard such good things about how Tony has helped uh, the likes of, of um, uh, David Guadrelli, um, Chris Faber, like anyone who's asked. And, and I think this is that legacy of, of Botchford. So to hear, you know, Natalie, you're having that opportunity and, and the fact that two of you have been, you know, essentially writing the permanent printing press since 2012, according to your website. I think it's a testament to, to your dedication. Yeah. Thanks and I, I, I mean, Natalie, you said it, you're kind of leaning into the lighter side of hockey, but I thought your Watcher Project article was really like meaningful because it's all about, you know, what being a good teammate means, what being a good captain means. And I, I thought it was a great article. So um, well done on that. And I think, Watch was all about the richness of tapest- the like, all rich tapestry of life and bringing it into his writing. So I think that was a great article, one to be proud of for sure. Thank you. And yeah, I definitely agree with, you know, that's the kind of the legacy that Jason Botchford left is he had that passion and he, he knew what people wanted too. And I think he, you know, tied all of that into his writing and his work and, I think that's definitely something that a lot of new up and coming writers are looking towards as well. So yeah, it's great. So as long suffering Canucks fans, cause I mean, I, I, I concede, I would like to say I'm the longest suffering Canucks fan, though there's probably longer suffering ones than me, but it's been tough since 2011. Things haven't maybe gone as well as we had hoped. 2012 was nice, but it didn't work out too well. And since then we've had one trip to the playoffs. How did, everyone loves Finn, you know, come to be because first of all, that's a phenomenal name for an article. Um, everyone loves Finn cause it's true. Most do. There are, I know of a few people that don't, but that's more that's so wrong. Finn is yeah, great. exactly. Right. Yeah. I know people have, some people have said like, we need to change the mask on. I'm like, what's wrong with him? <laughs> I mean, it to me makes perfect sense for like for him to be an orca. What else would we have? <laughs> Well, the argument is Johnny Canuck, but that, again, I don't like people mascots. Have you seen? Have you seen those the... intro, intro videos with Johnny Canuck? I'm like, that guy can't be our mascot every game. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's I'm sorry not to the guy. Family friendly, right? It's like a different kind of thing. But yeah, I find Jack the Giant from the Vancouver Giants absolutely terrifying. So, no thank you to human mascots. So, but everyone loves Finn. So how did how did that come to? To fruition, was just a, a desire to talk about what you were already watching. Like, I'd say, yeah, pretty, pretty much, um, just bringing the hockey aspect in. And I don't even know. I I know I came up with the name. I don't really remember how was I thinking. Everybody loves Raymond. I don't really know, <laughs> but <laughs> I just thought you know it kind of works, and it didn't seem like anyone had a super similar name out there. So it was fun, yeah. right? Yeah, kind of something to fit with the vibe of what we were writing about. So, yeah. 
I'm not going to lie. I might steal the name. You might hear a podcast segment <laughs> called Everyone Loves Finn. And when the people are like, oh, my God, that's a great name. I'm like, totally. <laughs> I came up with it after someone else told me about it. Good writers Stay bar, tuned, great writers steal. <laughs> that's Hey, we, we don't know if we're continuing it on our site. So, I mean, if, if you show um, throw us a little shout out, you, you might be able to have it for your segment. <laughs> oh, well, wow. I'll, I'll get my people to talk it. to your people and maybe see if we can come to a, a, a deal. But using this as a, a, as a segue, I know you had sort of said that uh, it's, it's sort of on hiatus for now. But let's say, you know, having watched the week that was for the Vancouver Canucks, you were tasked with writing an article uh, or a post or segment of, of uh, everyone loves Finn. The Vancouver Canucks have just come off a horrid road trip. I mean, it started off nice. That win against Winnipeg where everyone thought the, you know, magic had happened. Things turn around. We talked about this in the last episode to only go into Montreal to get just a walloped and then follow that up with some really lackluster efforts against the Maple Leafs. So, you know, does everyone still love Finn at this point? I think he Finn is untouchable. It's not his fault. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say yeah. that exact thing. It's not his fault. Um, it's everyone else's. So um yeah, I mean hasn't been great. I think today was a good, you know, you don't wanna I wanna stay away from the whole moral victory thing, but it was a step. <laughs> like I do feel they did play smarter um decent four check um and it's still it's not enough they're just not deep enough of a team to really be able to afford not to keep their foot on the gas all the time and that's Mm -hmm. what you're gonna find in their games they it's so (laughs) it's yeah like what Nally said, I think it was a painful week. I think if you include the Montreal game, it was uh, 20. They got outscored 20 to 8, I think. It was 15-5 for the Leafs. I think it was 20 to 8. And that's just like you can't be allowing 20 goals in the span of four games. Like you can't. Um, even with the eight goals, it's just like the defense was... I'll use the word horrid because for the most part it was horrid. Um, it's it's hard because I think that they are just trying to find a way out of you know this funk where you know when you don't have. I mean, Pedersen has scored a bit, but clearly they don't have the depth, so mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's rough right now. Yes, I think that's true. I think calling defense horrid might be like even a bit generous. Like it's non-existent is maybe the word I would use. <laughs> Chaotic. Because um, even today, like in the last Leafs game, it was where it was a much better effort overall. There were just several moments where you just saw defense just, I don't know, up sticks and leave. Well, so when we talk about the blue line, I'm pre- when we say defense, we're talking about the blue line, I would presume. And I, I, it's hard to disagree when you look at the Canucks blue line and suggest that there are not significant chasms when it comes to holes. But I sort of look at what we've seen just the last couple of games. It's defensive effort from the entire team right now that's lacking. So we think back to the, the game against the, the Leafs on the weekend where, you know, yeah, it's out of hand when JT Miller decides to mail in his effort after a, a Holtby giveaway and 
as reports suggest Holtby uh, gave uh, gave Miller a piece of his mind. But then on the opening goal tonight, Riley is wide open. And if you watch the replay, Tanner Pearson was watching the play. He lost track of his man. And suddenly Riley's between him and the goaltender with nothing else. And all Pearson does is just sort of wave his stick. And, and that's that. The fact is that these defensive miscues, even if it was just that one, just gut the team. It's it's not like, oh, we can recover from this. And I don't like, I think it's depth throughout the lineup. Like right now, you know, Petey got himself a goal, but he's not the same Petey we're accustomed to seeing, right? It could be he's having his sophomore slump in his third season. Um, we're not getting the lotto line success. And that could be because Petey's not maybe the engine that's driving that line. Um, we saw some early production out of, of, of Bo Horvat. Um, he started to, to wane and then we called them Jags, but the third and fourth line are full of them. And we're not seeing the, the moxie from, from either of those lines, save for like Hoglander. He's playing well. Goddard, I thought played really well tonight. Um, mm-hmm. Mott. Bailey wasn't bad actually. He had a decent chance as well. Good looks for sure. But I, I just, you know, if if these are the guys we're talking about jump-starting this team and getting the production from, they are in a world of hurt. You brought so, up such a good point. Um, just I wanted to, what you said about they can't afford to, you know, let a goal in. And that's because the Canucks, historically, I, they're just not a comeback team. You go down by one goal, you can't expect them, you know, to tie it up and then score another goal and an insurance mm-hmm. goal. And it's just... Yeah. The, well, and, and that's the reliance you, you think back to like Markstrom. Markstrom bailed the Vancouver Canucks out of many games. You know, I, I, I we talked about this on, on our, I think it was our last episode, episode prior to then of it. We had said how pre pandemic shutdown, the Vancouver Canucks were, were not comfortably in a playoff position and the way they were trending had them not making the playoffs arguably the pandemic gave them the ability to reset, get healthy and play in to the playoffs. And then it got on a run. All you have to do is get into that round of 16 and anything's possible. But it, it, it occurs to me that what we saw possibly last year might've been that aberration. And we think back to Willie Desjardins first season, same sort of thing like that, that Canucks team really wasn't that good, but somehow they figured out a way to, make it work and well, then what we, happened after we were talking about this in c4 discord today that you know um x host of the show x friend of the show matt who posited that the team was mentally scarred from losing in the playoffs nah. <laughs> which i i don't quite buy but yeah that the 2012 team that he was comparing it with won the president's trophy so they weren't that mentally scarred i think obviously the canucks have benefited from being in weak divisions in the past and now they're just they don't have that escape option not only are they in a tougher division they're facing the same opponents over and over again so i think it's like all piled on top of each other it's like the tough schedule um, the tougher opponents. I mean, Canucks are only, aren't dead last. They should be. But because they've played more games than anyone else in the whole league, 
there in Firth in the north. So, yeah, it feels like a series of things have kind of come together. Am I allowed to use the term boomed? Like they're mentally boomed? Am I allowed to use that term? I don't know what that means. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Okay, so that, that Canadian so a, term, you guys? I no, no, that, that's, 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 some, that's gamer speak. So oh, okay. a, as a gamer, I'm allowed to use it. Um, but no, like, uh, I actually, it's a question for, for both of you, you know, Chloe and Natalie, when you look at the Vancouver Canucks, do you think that there, there is sort of the psychological stress or strain where they're just mentally not there? Um, like is Matt onto something disregard his comparison to 2012? Cause Anna pointed out and I didn't articulate as well. It's hard to compare, you know, the team that's checked out, that's winning the president's trophy with the team that's checked out. That's. I don't know, getting a participation medal. I think there is something to that. And I think it's really hard to compare the team they are now to the team it was last year without talking about loss. Like, yes, Mm -hmm. I think it was the right move to not, you know, re-sign Markstrom and not re-sign Tana for, you know, the contracts that they're getting in Calgary. But, I mean, you can't take those players and can't say, well, I mean, you have the MVP there. You have someone in Tanev who was so reliable and even someone like Stetcher, who, again, was decently reliable and he played with the heart and, you know, the people that they brought in to fill those gaps like Schmidt and, you know, obviously Hamnick's injured now. Um, they're just not, you know, filling in those holes as they were hoped to. And mm-hmm. some of those players who they lost, you know, did have strong maybe off the ice connections with some of the players who are still around and, you know, could have helped them through some of the rough patches they're going to. And that's just not there for them right now. So I think even Hughes might've brought it up in his presser um, today after the game and talked about how they aren't that maybe the same team, like with the same players. And I think some of that is taking a toll on them, um, not being able to find their groove right now. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'd agree with everything that Natalie said. I think that they are exhausted. You know, it's hard to dodge the questions. They're going to get it all the time. What's going wrong? Like, they don't have an answer right now. I'm just wondering, you know, when they will not necessarily, you know, make a front office change, but when when their players only meetings going to take place, because a couple of teams, is it, I think, was it Toronto, Calgary? They've already done those meetings. I think I think the Canucks... Um, maybe need one of those. They just need to kind of get in a room, you know, a uh, NHL sanctioned space. Uh, and, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, and talk it all out. You know, I think that it's um, even Miller said pregame that um, Hope be calling him an calling him out he everyone needs to be held accountable for their actions on ice which I do think you know Holtby wasn't wrong to do that but they're Mm -hmm. going to have to figure it out I don't know how long it's going to take but I guess time will tell well on that note speaking of figuring things out that's what we're going to do next in uh, half full empty or half full half empty Uh, we're joined by Chloe and Natalie from the permanent rain press you're listening to the C4 Canucks hockey podcast on CanucksHockeyBlog.com and the full press coverage network 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Take hitting out of the game. You Un- can't hit anymore, so don't do it. The unsportsmanlike conduct, I want to get an explanation on that. No kidding. Because how do you get suspended for unsportsmanlike conduct? Plus interference. There's no interference there. He had the puck. Now, Madison never, ever did that before. Now, why did he do it in that? Because he was mad. Well, your early favorite for the Calder <laughs> Trophy, that's for sure. Elias Pettersson, you might even say your early favorite for the Hart Trophy. Just to get back to your question, Elias is going to play plenty. He can play. He's going to get a lot of power play time. And, yeah, I'm concerned about our offense. We lost 200-point players, and we've got to find a way to score. Okay. So looking ahead at the schedule, the Vancouver Canucks uh, are either fortunate or unfortunate to be coming home. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's nice to be home. You don't have fans to light you up. Like you got to consider the pandemic in preventing fans from entering the Raj are probably doing the Canucks a favor because Vancouver Canucks fans, and I'm not trying to paint the brush to all of them or all of us, but a good majority of them that show up to games vocally expressed displeasure with effort. Like case in point, I remember when Luongo came back to Vancouver, I had the um, opportunity to, to be at that game and Luongo was getting bigger cheers than the yeah, Vancouver I was Canucks that too. were getting. Like the um, Lou chant. Yeah. I, so I brought quick off the rails. I brought my um, brother to that game on his visit to Vancouver and his partner and his partner hadn't really watched hockey much. So there was me and my brother trying to explain to her why that the opposition goalie was getting all this support. And it was a weird thing to say, but yeah, I think Canucks fans are definitely on it. Let's say it that way. So yeah, Mm -hmm. they'll let you know if you're not doing what they expect. But, uh, you know, between sort of now as we're recording and uh, our next episode, the Vancouver Canucks will have played the Calgary Flames twice. Game on Thursday, game on Saturday. And then I have yet to figure out when Ann and I plan on recording, um, but we may or may not either record prior to that game or after. Who knows? They play then on the Monday the 15th. What do the Vancouver Canucks need to do to fix their, their problems before they face the, the Calgary Flames, who have gone through you know, troubles of their own and had to have their NHL sanctioned room team meeting. I think that, I mean, Calgary should ideally be a easier opponent than Toronto with the star power that Toronto has. They do have marks from now, obviously, which could be a bit of a problem, but, and I know they lost their games to Calgary earlier. I think, mm-hmm 
players mm. like Vertanen and Godet, if they end up back in the lineup, I think where they're playing, like third, fourth line, it's not. I mean, the upside for both those players is their offense, um, but they don't have the players to, you know, help them and you know playmakers on those lines to complement their styles at all. So, mm-hmm. for players like them to even succeed a bit, I think they need to be put with like-minded individuals. Um, but they won't be overtaking any of the players in the t- top six barring an injury. So I think having that opportunity for them could be something. But <laughs> I, <laughs> I love your voice just say, being like, please. <laughs> it's really hard to say because there's just so many I want to say the D pairings. I don't know if switching up the D pairings at all, something new. I feel like, yeah, they have been doing, have they been switching up the D pairings? Not as much as the lines. The the lines have been through the mix of Travis Green special mixer for sure. But yeah, the D pairings, not that much. Yeah, like Quinn Hughes, he's had a couple rough, rough plays that have either, you know, resulted in goals or penalties. Um, I like what Natalie and I talk about this a lot, but Nate Schmidt, I'm sorry, he's not even, he's barely noticeable on the ice. Like, you're never going to scratch Nate Schmidt because, you know, Nate Schmidt, but he he doesn't do much. And it's kind of hard to watch him on the ice when he's not making an impact of any, any sort. It's... Yeah, it's kind of hard, right? Because if you're talking about lower end defensemen, you not noticing them can be a good thing. Like if you don't notice Ollie Levy on a night, like he, I thought we had a decent game tonight, mainly because I didn't notice any egregious errors. But Nate Schmidt, one of the reasons he was considered an upgrade is his offensive upside, and mm-hmm. he hasn't really done that. Well, let's let's consider who Nate's replacing. If if you could have had Tanov back and Nate's not giving you offense, why would you get Nate? Yeah. Right? And Because at least with Tanov, you know what you're getting. He's got experience room. One of the challenges that I've had is hearing the stories of players talk about those that have left. Like Tanov specifically. You know, Tanov with Dad. Um, we listen to Dad. And he held, you know, we talk about good in the room. It was quite clear that they, a lot of the young players really respected Tanov in the room. That's not to suggest they don't respect the Beagles, the the Sutters, the, I don't know who else is good in the room. But I hear, you know, I was looking at a statistic that I think like uh, above a replacement, uh, Schmidt would be a third line defenseman right now. And the Vancouver Canucks need him to be their first line maybe second, depending on combination. Yeah. That's the thing. I think, um, Chloe, you were kind of mentioning this earlier, but the losses we've had, it's not, you know, we've talked about the defense. If anything, like you could say, oh, it's not got that much worse. But when you clear out that stability, it's, and the goalie who ran that defense slash bailed out that defense it's not just about like slotting in these new players you're just like changing the whole system mm-hmm. so yeah 
looking looking at this schedule though, I mean, arguably we're going to see Markstrom each game. Like there's no back to backs. The the Flames, I believe, are coming in with as much rest. Actually, let me check that. They maybe don't have as much rest. But the point is, they're coming in. Um, if we see Markstrom every game, Markstrom's going to be up for the challenge. Like I, I don't know if you listened to an episode a few weeks back, but there was a, a BC Lottery uh, prop bet as to whether or not Markstrom would win any game against the Vancouver Canucks. And I'm like, oh, or no, not win any game, shut out the Canucks in any game this season. And I'm like, it'll happen the first game he plays. Watch it. That's what Markstrom does. Mm-hmm. If we see Markstrom three games, I, I I have to give him a shutout. The way the Vancouver Canucks play and the fact that Markstrom can steal a game. Like we're not getting Demko and Holtby are getting shelled, but neither one of them is in that space where Markstrom would be. Markstrom could take 60 shots and somehow miracles do happen and he would, he would steal a game. So if he's going to do that for the Flames... That's three games at home right there. So that's one of them that the Flames have already won. Like I'm I'm already conceding a loss based on the pure chance that a goaltender is going to be hot. I look at the Calgary Flames' actual you know, strength of schedule. They lost two games to the Leafs by one goal each. Like they were in both of them. They they split games with the, the Canadians. They've split games with the Winnipeg Jets. They've split games with the Edmonton Oilers. They beat the Canucks. Like there's nothing here that tells me that the Canucks have anything going for them. And it's concerning to me because I I want to be positive. I truly do, but I don't see what this light team is here. making it hard, right? Yeah, I think. And one I think major major thing is they don't play an offensive game enough. They don't get enough shots. Like you look at today's game, last minute they're down two goals. They spend half of it passing and still, you know. Oh, but those passes were crisp. Yeah, and they end up getting you know the one point shot and then it getting blocked and. That's just what they do. And I mean, I think their power play, like that was that was another thing. I think during one of the intermissions, um, they were talking about Manny Malhotra, who joined oh. the Leafs. And, yeah. And he apparently he helps with their power play. And you sit there thinking, oh, we still have Newell Brown. Like, like they're not using yeah. they're not using someone like Besser in a shooting position right now when he's on the power play. Like, why doesn't it make sense to have him shooting like from the left circle, like you've got to have him shooting and PD shooting. And like, it just doesn't yeah, make I, any sense. I would yeah. say Bessa's shot is one of the few positives. His improved shot, his like shot coming back to its power that he originally had is one of the few positives this year. So mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't quite make sense not to use that as much as possible. What are you talking about? If you don't show it to other teams, his shot, it's a secret weapon you can pull out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, that's not the way they're thinking. <laughs> you know, you bring up the, the Manny Malhotra um, conversation. Like I, I talked about this in C4 Discord. I, I had actually said when, well, I, I was losing my hair when uh, Toffoli, uh, Tanov, Markstrom, and Stetcher were all see you later. Like it, I remember we had a show, we, we figured one of the three, Toffoli, Tanov, and Markstrom was coming back. I, you know, if we had, But I was the one that said, watch none of them. <laughs> yeah, and and, and we and Matt and yeah, and Matt and I were hard on you about that. Like, why are you being so negative? Here you are, you know. I really didn't want to be right. By the way, really didn't want to be. But thinking back, like Manny Malhotra and his contribution to the team, like that was known. The fact that the Toronto Maple Leafs want to have a conversation to say, "Hey, we want you to be an assistant coach on the bench," 
that to me is a sign that you've got something there and the Canucks just like, I'm glad they didn't stand in his way, but you know, maybe you could have said, why not do that here? Yeah. I think we, we were talking about this um, earlier on our pre-show. So I'd be interested to get um, you, you guys' opinions, Natalie and Chloe, but like the Jim Benning's contract, it's, quite hard to get out of and I don't know like our ownership group is not known for being well they're known for being cheap to put it bluntly um so I don't know if they're interested in paying out that contract but you know we were saying what was it about Jim Benning that you know we couldn't let him walk away after the five years that you gave us of mediocre hockey management and then what are those non-negotiables that we've just had to sign that contract and yet we couldn't sign Toffoli, we couldn't sign Stetcher, we couldn't sign Malhotra like yeah I don't know what you guys think of that and maybe we can transition to talk about Jim Benning and what you think is the answer there I I think it would be I mean as much as you know the fire Benning has started it started probably five or so games ago I think it kind of would be rash to do something right now I don't know if the team's waiting for a shake-up but you know that's just going to change the dynamic even more I I think that obviously with the news about Toffoli coming out uh Natalie what were you saying he said the time ran out or something like that well Jim Ben yeah. said that he, that he ran out of time though he had like seven eight months he could have signed him <laughs> just, just that, come on it's if he had 10 months it would have been okay but he just ran out of time I mean with Tanev like Tanev kept saying oh you know they're gonna sort out the marks from contract and then they'll come to me and he was being really patient but then they just ran out of time on everyone so I don't know what exactly he was spending his time on yeah, it is disrespectful, um, obviously. I think that how he's treated these players um, in terms of, you know, I don't know. Do you think a firing's coming? It's it's hard to read, you know, mm-hmm. top management or the owners or, you know, what they're thinking because there's a lot of noise on social media. Some of it's obviously warranted. Some of it's, you know, just too much. But I, I would hate for them to be kind of influenced by you know let's say twitter um i think they have to think about you know what's best moving forward if if they want to write off you know the season just because it's going so poorly not that i want the canucks to do bad at all then you know maybe they just keep him in the position see what happens at the end of the season i don't know if that's a popular opinion or not but that's kind of where i'm at with jim benning Nally, anything different to add? No, I, yeah, it's, I mean, something has to change. It's hard. Like, I'm not too familiar with the management side and like management contracts and um, things like that. But yeah, like, I don't know who's more likely to go him or coaching staff first. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's hard to say. But right now, I mean, the players can't figure it out. It doesn't really look like they're playing for the coach or anything like that right now either that's the thing i'm no huge jim benning fan but i don't know if getting rid of him now changes much like well 
in that therein lies the rub, right? Like to the you know, point that Chloe raised, like does does removing Jim Benning simply go in and, and add more chaos to an already chaotic situation? Um, and Natalie had mentioned, like, what would be easier to to deal with, have change, coaching or GM? Right now, the coaching staff, yeah. their contracts Travis up is the way the cheaper season, to get right? rid of. <laughs> If you're if you're the family, if you're Francesco Aquilini, you're like, well, I don't want to pay a lot of money for someone to go away. That's probably the route you choose. But the risk you run, and we were talking about this on on our instead of the anthems, our our, our patron pre-show. At what point do you run the risk that the guy who's got the keys to your car goes and does some silly stuff to it? Like, you know, Jim Benning can trade players right now. He can sign new deals. If you let go of a a coach, does he get to bring a new one? Like, there's so much of this at play. And on top of that, Jim's halfway through the first year of a three-year extension. So you have two and a half years left on this deal. Um, Anna had pointed out how, you know, he had prior to his extension, he had five years of mediocrity. The CBC had an article that actually said, oh, the Vancouver Canucks re-signed Jim Benny to a three-year extension after five years of mediocrity. That was the lead. So yeah. here we are today and we're having this conversation. Like I, 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 People listen to our show, they know I'm not a Jim Benny guy. I was a Lawrence Gilman guy. Mm-hmm. I wanted I wanted Lawrence to be the, the GM. Part of me wonders if Trev could get a do-over if that's not actually the case, but Neither, neither, none of that's happening. So if Jim stays, let's say hypothetically Jim stays as GM, is there anything he can do to rate this ship? Um, I don't know if you saw it. Brent Sopel, former Vancouver Canuck, he actually tweeted out that the players appear to have quit on the team. And he actually called out Jim Benning specifically. Um, it's not us as podcasters or, or you as, as bloggers saying this potentially it's a former NHL player. And one of the arguments out there is that how do you actually know if you've never played the game? Brent's played. So looping back, like what, what, what does Jim do to fix this? How does he get the team to buy into him? Yeah, that's, that's a tough <laughs> one. I mean, I think the, I mean, they could have given him the extension just because They saw, like, you know, there was this new core coming in. I mean, for so long, it was the same core, the same older players. And, you know, you see this opportunity now to build around this young, exciting core. It's like a new thing. But then he's, you know, not not done it. Um, And, you know, not. So it's, I don't know if there's really anything he can do. Probably not to social media. <laughs> I mean, the interesting thing with that is they were they brought up during the intermission like that there might be interest in a player like Jake Vertanen. Um and then Jake Vertanen goes out and he makes that silly play in front of Holtby. <laughs> like he heard that his name was rumored there were people interested in him. But you know, you wonder that if there are interested teams, what you know could kind of get in return because I think that Jake Vertanen still has potential. I would never like fully give up on him. He just, you know, it's not coming consistent at all. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, it's just, who knows? It just might not work out. I hate giving up, especially on local guys as well. Local players. Um, he's from Ab- Abbotsford, I think, but yeah. mm-hmm. who knows? Like it could be, 
a change of scenery, we could get somebody in return that who knows could go on a hot streak. Like you don't know when you're trading players, you just go on previous stats. But I mean, in terms of who might, who could be moved, like there's an option. I don't think it would impact. I think that would make sense because the way they're utilizing him now, I mean, he's not, you know, getting minutes and to really do anything productive for the team. So I think that that would be a move if they move him out and get anyone. I saw like Bennett's name being shopped around too with for mm-hmm. and like anyone, you know, like, like Chloe said, like you never know what happens when a player comes yeah. here. Right. So um, the, the one thing about like, I'll use Bennett as an example, Bennett's going to cost more than Jake and, and Jim's track record here ain't so good. Like he's the guy that, you know, you barter with at the stall. You say 10 bucks. He says five, you say 15, he says deal. So I, I, I worry here that, that, that doesn't bode well for whomever the next uh, GM will be in Vancouver. Well, yeah. And we talked about this a bit on our pre-show, but it does seem like, Jim and Travis are just not on the same page whatsoever, especially with Jake. Like, Travis doesn't get on with Jake, hasn't got on with him for a while, but has put him in positions to succeed. Jake hasn't quite proved himself. And so Travis is kind of seems to have just been like, well, I'm just not going to play him then, or I'm going to put him in a line or minimal minutes. Whereas if you were trying to trade him, if Jim Benning had said, okay, I'll go with your plan. I'll try and trade him. I'll try and trade Sven Betchy. I'll try and trade Brandon Sutter. Like the Travis might have dealt differently with those players than he did. Maybe been a bit less harsh in order to get a better trade, but clearly there's a lack of connection between the two of them. So to move on to a lighter topic than the play of the Vancouver Canucks. What's your favorite Vancouver Canucks related memory? Hmm. I know I threw you on the spot here. Yeah, that's a hard one. I think, I mean, it's funny though, cause we've grown up in Vancouver and I can count on one hand, the number of games I've actually been to. I've been to like two, three games mm-hmm. um, at Rogers arena um, the most recent one being um, the Botford Project Night. So yeah. I don't know. I got to say that one because that was just such an interesting experience for me. And, you know, I actually got to um, talk to Bo Horvat and talk to Jay Beagle um, for my article that I wrote. And they, they won that game. And they, I think the one other game that I went to, they lost in overtime against Winnipeg. So, um, yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be that one. Okay. How about you, Chloe? For me, that's a tough one. I wasn't at the game, couldn't get tickets to any of these, but obviously I would say the Sedines, um, just because they're twins. Um, my sister and I are twins, but we kind of latched onto them as being, you know, the top two players of the Canucks when we started following them up until when they retired. So either um, when they retired that last game or when they hung their jersey, their numbers, jerseys in the rafters, those are just so memorable. Uh, I don't like tear up a lot about 
in sports moments, but those I think were just so meaningful and it really brings together fans of all ages. You could be a fan of the team for, you know, the longest time or the shortest period of time, as long as you watch them play, it just had so much of an impact. So Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, those two nights. Awesome. Definitely. I, I mean, I think that's a really great way of putting it, Chloe, about like the legacy of the Sedins, because you only have to look at Bo Horvat. And if you never saw the Sedins play in Vancouver, watch Bo Horvat play, watch how Bo Horvat conducts himself. And a lot of that is the Sedins and what they taught him and what they, yeah, showed as an example of how to be a hockey player. So, yeah, yeah I well, think that's and- so important. And sort of being the old man here, I'd point out that the Sedins often refer back to, you know, Trevor coming back to Vancouver. I mean, they had the the benefit of seeing the Marcus Naslin sort of approach to leadership, but then Trevor's return to Vancouver and how, um, you know, they they taught them how to be pros in in the way of of how they conduct themselves. And I mean, the story of how the Sedins had to be convinced to publicly share their donation to Children's Hospital still strikes me as to their 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 medal. These are two guys who were just doing it just because of their own own personal experience, and you know, I'm I'm glad that that they they to you, Chloe, you know, provide sort of that that memory. Um, can you can the two of you tell them apart? Like, do you have twin magic that allows you to identify other twins? Because to this day. I guess, and it would be a it's a fifty fifty chance I'm going to get it right. What do you yeah, think now? I I still struggle. I think our our mom came up with a way. Like she looked at their face. I think their faces are slightly different shapes. Yeah, like the structure. They are, yeah, yeah, yeah slightly. <laughs> but I, but I, I was going to say like. It's not the twin magic. It would definitely be your parents would be the ones to ask about telling twins apart. Yeah. yeah. No, Did and you actually? Guys- Sorry, I was just gonna say, do you guys ever pull a Sedine and like trick your parents into pretending to be the other? Twin? I don't think no, it ever worked because think... our mom could tell us apart a hundred percent. So like, even if we yeah. attempted it, we get that question all our the dad time. Sometimes for teachers. calls us the wrong name when he's just not paying attention. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'm not a twin, but my dad will call me by my brother's name sometimes. So <laughs> yeah, same, same. So it's a dad thing. <laughs> Oh well, no, I, I I was just just out of curiosity, only only so much that, uh, but yeah, I can't tell them apart. But I never can thought about the parents' side because that would make a lot of sense. Parents know generally know their kids well enough um, to to be able to to differentiate oh, until it gets to that point where the name is irrelevant. Like, as long as my mom or my dad don't call me by the their dog or cat's name, I'm probably okay <laughs> with it. So yeah, you know. Cool. So here we are, you know, wrapping up a show. First of all, again, thank you for, for, for coming on. I, I hope, you know, we didn't uh, scare you off and have you regret your decision to ever talk about the C4 podcast on, uh, on your permanent rain press, uh, uh, website, which again, I encourage everyone to check out permanent pace, permanent rain press.com. Um, you had a podcast on CITR back in the day. You guys going to ever going to rebring, you know, refresh the podcast? Are you going to be competition? Will we be complaining about you in the you know Canucks podcast wars? Never thought about that. Yeah, we had it for a few years um, when we were both students. Still, um, at one point, we went to UBC and we got involved with the radio station there, CITR. Um, yeah, when we had it, it was 
more of a music-based thing, but I actually never thought about if they do have, they must have some sports programs there. I think they mainly focus on or were focusing on like UBC sports, mm -hmm. um, but it would be, yeah, that would be. A new it would era. honestly be a I lot think, of fun. Yeah. I think I we miss it coming back now because we both have full-time jobs nowhere near that campus we miss being on air though it's yeah. always it's always fun to you know revisit um podcasting and we played a lot more music on that show i remember i used to talk about the connects yeah, games i don't think the games i don't, I don't think, think anyone, anyone cared <laughs> was listening to us at the time but, but um yeah it was it was a fun experience and that you know, it kind of brought back some memories. Us being here now, it's still talking about hockey. So thank you guys again for having us. But long story short, I don't mm -hmm. think that we'll be adding to the Connects podcast sphere anytime <laughs> soon. So don't worry about us. <laughs> well, safe. no, I, I'm not worried. I mean, I, I <laughs> and I look at it this way. Well, well, we don't. I don't think in the Connects podcasting community there is anyone that would be synonymous to someone like Jason Botchford and sort of a, a Botchford project esque experience. I can assure you um, that those of us who've been in this space for a long time, um, you know, us here at C four, myself, uh, Wyatt, and uh, and uh, Jordan Stanchion, Bowman, at the trust the process. You got pucks on it. Like the long running ones, we'd provide any assistance to help get you up and running. Um, but I'm going to, on a personal note, suggest you just join us here in C4 from time to time. Instead of us stealing the Everyone Loves Finn segment, it's yeah. simply Chloe and Natalie with the Everyone Loves Finn segment. We'll leave it there. We'll just put it out there and see you. But <laughs> um, talking of music, as you guys were with your radio show, um, I will say recommend to all our listeners to go into permanent rain press there's so many album reviews i'm gonna read through some of those because i have terrible music taste i find about about albums like five years after they come out so i'm gonna definitely read through those takes and find some more music um but yeah thank you so much for coming on and sharing your canuck stories no problem thank you guys thank you so one last thing any final thoughts or words of wisdom to all of the thousands and thousands of C4 listeners? Could be about anything. Chloe, go. Keep your yeah. head up. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the most like cheesy motivational thing out there. Honestly, uh, as much as we we talk about the Canucks, you can hear like hopefully you can hear the passion in our voices. But you know, sometimes you just need a break um if you're so invested i think you take a game off kind of thing um yeah i think but, it's the thing, yeah. with, the thing with hockey and i think like you know you watch one game and you're really angry after that game because you know the connects played really poorly but every game is a new game and you know it's that's why like i i read about stats and things like that but it's hard for me to take you know a lot of it to heart because you know things are always changing and I think, yeah, it's important to keep that perspective that, yeah, it's, it's a, everything moves so fast. And I think it's important to, you know, step back and yeah, it's been a few years of, um, you know, bad luck and bad everything, but um, yeah, just things are looking up in the next few years. I really truly believe that. And yeah. How about you, Anna? 
Yeah, I, I'm going to take a leaf out of Natalie and Chloe's book and look positive um, because I think positive is we have three games against the Calgary Flames and they have no goaltending depth. So we just need to take out Jacob Markstrom and, you know, like I think we are good. Like we have like two good goalies. They have one amazing goalie. So, you know, that's all you need to do. Yeah, and kidnap, <laughs> kidnap slash mame Jake Markstrom. That's who's going to do that. Which player has it in them? Um, Dark I think Jay Beagle is good in the room, and if he wants to be even better in the room, take one for the team and <laughs> take the suspension, and then he can be even better in the room. Chloe and Natalie here are positive. Anna takes it to a dark place, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, let's. Who's gonna do it? <laughs> Look how bad of an See, influence." See, I'm inspiring people. <laughs> um, I, my my final thoughts, and again, I don't understand how this could very well be the case because I think every one of our listeners follows me on Twitter. But if you somehow have missed it, every single day I share a daily reminder on how you to determine if you're a real Canucks fan. You need to answer only one question, and that is. Are you a Canucks fan? If you said yes, then you are. But uh, thank you, Chloe, Natalie, for for joining us. Again, you can find them on Twitter at the PR Press. It is the Permanent Rain Press, permanentrainpress.com. Please go and check out uh, not only their Canucks articles, uh, the pop culture, music reviews, a wealth of content there. And you can even listen to some of their old podcast episodes from their time at CITR. Uh, trust me, I will. And in the words of Clay Who, former host, I do not judge. But you're also more than welcome to, to come back and join us on a, a future episode. As I mentioned earlier, when you join us once, you become friends of the show. And not everyone out there in, in the world of social gets that tag. But on behalf of Anna at a 4603 myself, Chris at Lightforce, we ask you to join us in C4 Discord if you haven't done so already, discord.io slash C4 podcast. You can find us online, c4podcast.com, or on Twitter at the C4 podcast. And remember, at the C4 podcast, very important, because at C4 podcast goes to a whole different church. And last but not least, if you haven't done so already, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash C4 podcast. Uh, benefits of doing so, not only do you get a role in C4 Discord, you get access to instead of the anthems, our pre-podcast, pre-show. And if you're listening in and above, then you get to listen to our pod, our patron-only show, Off the Rails, come see you twice a month. So I think all of that sums everything up nicely, because guess what? We out. <laughs>